February 12th, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If it's Tuesday in Ohio, that can mean one thing. It's overcast and Dwayne Long is here. Dwayne, how are you? Uh, trying to deal with the weather. Uh, uh, if it's not raining, it's snowing. I've had enough already. And we've still got at least another month. It's Ohio, so we'll mix in a couple 60-degree days in there just to make sure your kids get sick. But we digress. All right, let's talk football. Dave Biddle, our very own, wrote a great column that's on the site now about Ryan Day. Dave was vocal about his concerns when Day was hired, thought there should have been a national search. His column up there now is about how Day has turned him so quickly. Ryan Day has been the head coach for an extended period of time, let's say now. Your impressions of the coach, was it what you expected? Has his philosophy surprised you? What's the early vibe? Do you agree with Dave Biddle in that Ohio State has made the right decision and a national search was not the way to go? I've been vocal from the start that I really thought the search should have only included two guys, and that is Ryan Day and Matt Campbell. Those were the two guys that I thought uh, uh, were the, they were the guys that I wanted. Uh, Ryan Day proved himself to me just the way he handled himself during the suspension uh, to Urban Meyer. The the team performed just like it was clockwork. They just went, you know. You could say, well, the the opponents were the uh, the down the down the totem pole. They were just guys that they were just teams that were not we were supposed to beat up on. And that's exactly what Ryan Day did. He beat them up. Uh, the team executed just perfectly. I didn't see any reason to go looking around too far. Uh, and, and here's the thing, Dan. When you know you talk about a nat- nat- national search, where are we going? Who who are you going to? Uh, you're you're not going to get a guy that's Urban Meyer stature. It wasn't going to happen. There are only a couple of guys out there who are Urban Meyer stature. And and you know you had to go looking for a high quality assistant. And I thought Ryan Day was just. He was just outstanding. Uh, I was convinced a, a long time ago. So I'm glad to see uh, uh, a guy like Biddle come around on him. He's been outstanding. Look what he did. He held together this this recruiting class that uh, it wasn't going to be outstanding ever. Let's be honest, Dan. This is just not the year. Uh, not a lot of great football players in this class, period, not just at Ohio State. It just wasn't a great year. So it was only going to be so good. But the important thing is we were talking about, well, is he going to recruit at Urban Meyer's level? We kept Urban Meyer's recruits. We, The guys we lost, we lost two guys, and one of them we were probably going to lose anyway. And DeJuan Mathis, he just, you know, we go back to this thing about his grades, and we wanted him to shore up his grades, and he wanted to sign. Well, he was probably not going to be in this class even with Urban Meyer. So that just he's holding this class together, and and the the 2020 guys that Urban Meyer got, he's holding that together. We lost uh, the the Jake Ray. Uh, well, I don't really care. 
I did. I thought it was a premature offer anyway. Not really that impressed with him. Uh, I think we got a better looking class right now. So uh, I'm on the offensive line, let me be specific about that. Overall, I think it's done. He's doing great with the 2020 kids already. So I, I just I couldn't be happier with Ryan Day. And I'm glad that uh, other people are coming around. I think the recruiting thing was big. I think it. It's really had a major impact that Ryan Day is recruiting at this high level already. Uh, I think that's really the big concern for a lot of fans. It's been interesting. I don't think anybody would have predicted that he would have put the staff together the way he did or altered the recruiting approach the way he did in terms of the greater focus on in-state and being honest with himself that he's not going to be able to at least early on be able to go to the ends of the earth like Meyer and get those types of guys. So I've been very impressed so far. It does fit the mold of the recent hire in football in general, the younger, offensively-minded, Lincoln Riley, Sean McVeigh type. So maybe they just realized they had that guy in-house and uh, jumped on it. Of course, we won't know for sure until, you know, likely after the game. You don't want to come out and lose that. But I think everyone deserves to be impressed so far, and the recruiting has been what you said. It's been excellent. Speaking of that, his biggest recruit, arguably, Justin Fields, I don't think anybody based in logic thought he was going to have to sit out this year. And I realize there's been a huge hubbub about him being declared eligible. I would ask anybody to just go into the numbers and realize that most people in Justin's situation have been cleared. The real interesting one's going to be Tate Martell. That's a story for another day. Dwayne, obviously you were completely thinking that uh, Justin would be starting, but it's definitely nice to know that uh, the quarterback is in place. Oh, yeah, it's, it is. And, you know, you can say what you want about competition and all that. Uh, I think Martell should have uh, stayed and competed, and he always was such a competitive kid. I'm surprised. But, uh, that, that, you know, that he just decided to transfer out of here that quickly, especially after talking some trash. Uh, the thing is, did he know something we didn't, which is that Fields was told you're you're going into spring as a starter, and you have to think that maybe that's what happened. That that to get a guy like Justin Fields, a guy that could have walked into ninety percent of the programs in the country, and then just assumed uh, that he was going to be the starter. Maybe he was told. We don't know. I haven't heard that for sure. Uh, but it makes sense to me that he's been told that, you know, you're the man. That's why we're that's why we're uh, bringing you in. So uh, Fields is just, if you watch his film, there's really, he's he could be the state of the art. I mean, he is, uh, reminds me so much of, of uh, Deshaun Watson. Just a guy that uh, has, uh, uh, you know, great wheels. He can run. He's going to take off. He's going to really hurt a defense. But he is a passer first. He's going to stay in there. He's going to throw the ball. And that's something that has been the bane of athletic quarterbacks in the past is they were too ready to pull it down and take off. And the offense really needed him to throw the football. Uh, and, and you see that with Fields. He's one of those guys that, 
yeah, I can take off. I could pick up 10, 15 yards maybe, but I want to throw the football. That's what my offense needs me to do is throw the football. And that's what he does. I think he could be uh, a really special quarterback in, in this offense. Uh, you know, and obviously uh, the zone read uh, is uh, is just going to be a wrinkle in, in the game plan going forward now. That was Urban Meyer's thing. Uh, Ryan Day comes out of the NFL. He doesn't – that just wasn't a thing in the NFL. And uh, uh, Wilson just – that's he didn't do that at Oklahoma. He didn't do it at Indiana. He, his quarterbacks threw the football. They stood in the pocket, threw the ball. And Justin Fields can do that. I think he can do it quite effectively. I think, uh, you know, we, we're just, you know, uh, hooking up a new horse and he's going to drive us. Uh, just like Haskins. Just, you know, I, I think we're not going to miss a beat here offensively. He is blessed. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. It's, and I'm not saying he's going to be a better Justin's going to be a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson, but physically he throws the ball better. His mechanics are better. I think he's got a stronger arm. In terms of Tate, I think Tate Martell just looked around and said, "Wait a minute, there's no other five ten quarterbacks in this room that aren't named Ryan Day. I don't even know how tall he is, uh, and there's none in the pipeline. They're not even recruiting guys that look like me. The offense has changed." So had Meyer stayed, I obviously think Martell would have stayed and thought it out no matter who came in because I think there would have been an argument in the zone read. But I don't know if Day and Martell were a fit long-term. So I think in the long run, Tate made the best decision for himself. Speaking of quarterbacks, we would be remiss if we did not talk about how well Jack Miller has looked. The class of 2020 commitment from Ohio State, from Arizona, was on your screen football circuit, knocking down titles. Now the discussion has come up about the idea of possibly taking a, a second quarterback in the class of 2020 for depth reasons, but it's a very fragile situation because you don't want to offend the quarterback you're getting, and that's Jack Miller. What is your vibe on it? Would you take your second quarterback in the class of 2020, given the fact that the quarterback room depth is not at strength right now? See, there's that, that's – wow, you want to talk about walking a tightrope. Uh, I I love Jack Miller. I've loved him ever since the first time I saw him. Uh, I I think he's just got it in him to be special. Uh, he sits one year here uh, behind uh, Justin Fields. He's you know I don't want to do anything to jeopardize the the relationship with Jack Miller. I don't want him to start looking around. So then what do you do? You recruit a guy you you want to get another body in the in the quarterback room but you can't go out and recruit another four star or even a five star guy that's going to make Jack Miller want to look around so you drop down to a three star guy just to add depth uh i mean i just don't think you can go after a real quality depth you just got to go for emergency depth and and get a guy that's uh you know, they'd be happy to be a Buckeye for a year, maybe two. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's that's the guy you got to – somebody who's not going to bring any concern to Jack Miller, you know, that I'm going to have to um, not just fight with the guys that are there. I'm going to be fighting it out uh, against a guy who's the same age as me and who's a high-quality guy. You know, I think you have to – 
go down the board a little bit and just get a guy that you know you know can at least handle the offense if he's if he's actually needed. Yeah, I think I would bet on the brand here, and I would roll the dice, and then when that comes around, I would just go out and get a junior college quarterback to hold the clipboard. I agree with you. I would not want to risk uh, losing Jack Miller. And if people say, oh, if you got to worry about that in high school, dude, this is just recruiting. Uh, I wish it didn't have to go this way, but this is the way it goes. You must protect the quarterback. If anything, the quarterback's becoming more important as we go further. We've seen that. So I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, I don't think I would go after. There's talk about going out of Evan, after Evan Prater from Wyoming, class of 2020 kid whose brother's already on the team, a walk-on receiver. I think Evan Prater's a little bit too good to do that. I'd rather wait it out and possibly take a kid who's 21, 22 years old who can come in and handle it mature-wise and, and step in if he had to. Just my vibe. All right, last one. The class of 2021 in Ohio, you know, we never, we're not really sure what it's going to look like in total, but at the very top, it's looking very impressive. Offers already out to Jack Sawyer and Najee Story. Jack Sawyer's already in the mix, and now they have given out an offer to Ben Chrisman, six foot six, 300 pounds already from Revere. He looks like an NFL left tackle already. Your vibe on Chrisman, and does he fit the Sawyer story mold in terms of quality? Oh, I, I absolutely believe it. I'm watching this kid, and <clears throat> I'm seeing a kid moving like a grown man. You know, when you're talking about uh, a, a kid that young, uh, <laughs> I mean, Dan, you, you you went to school with really big kids, and I definitely did at a at a big uh, inner city school. <laughs> six foot six. 300 pounds at, at that age, these guys can barely put their one foot in front of the other. This kid is so athletic. He moves so well. And and he does some things. I don't know if he's getting high-level coaching from a guy who really knows how to coach linemen or if it's just something he's just taken to naturally. You don't see this kid bent over at the waist, reaching. He's bent at the knee. He's moving his feet. You never see him reach. He's always on balance. <clears throat> he gets out of his stance and pass protection just like lightning. Bang. He's in his he's back out of his stance into his set and he's ready to take on a pass rusher. I I just could not be more impressed with this kid. I I did get more impressed with him because I learned the film we're watching of him. He's 15 years old. Not 16. He's 15 years old in the film, which shows him absolutely dominating anybody in front of him. I just, you know, everything looks good for the Buckeyes with this kid, and he could be the next great left tackle at Ohio State. I mean, if, if, uh, if uh, uh, you know, we've got, we've got some guys in the Including Paris Johnson, uh, <clears throat> Nicholas Petit, Frere. We got some guys that could be, but I mean, I'm saying out of Ohio, this kid, he could be special. You hit it right there. The idea of having Petit, Frere, and Paris Johnson and Ben Christman in the pipeline certainly should make the blind side of our quarterbacks feel quite good. And it's also always nice when. Ohio's class has three potential five stars right at the top. 
that's where we'll end it. Nice review for you there. Some coaching, some quarterbacking, some recruiting. Keep it locked in, Bucknutters. Have a good one.